Yes, Avramo? Rabbi, I don't get this whole Sphira thing. What do you mean? Well, like, why can't we do things during Sphira? Like, get haircuts and listen to music. I'm glad you're asking that, Avramo. It's a good question. Something that I really do think we should discuss. And it shows you're really trying to learn about Torah and Mitzvahs properly. Well, Rabbi, before you decide that I'm such a big tzaddik, <laughs> I just have to tell you the truth. The truth is that um, a couple days ago, my father came home with my Afikoman present, a gigantic, big, humongous CD player. I mean, we're talking big. It took three men to carry it into our house, put it in my bedroom. It has speakers that, like, they use a chasinus, like those kind of speakers, like these boom, boom, boom. It was really cool. It's really, it's a really cool thing. And, and I decided, like, like you make a shechianu and get really good chash of a thing. So I made a shechianu, lots of kapana. And then I put in my first CD. I took Avram Fried, and he was singing the song, I don't know, Maida Ani or something. And I put it in, and I turned it up. I cranked it up to as loud as it goes, 30 on the recording. And it started, I played it, and boy, was it loud. I mean, it was geschmack loud. It was like I was sitting in the room, closing my eyes, and it felt as if I was living in an earthquake. I mean, the house was shaking. Pictures in the basement fell off the walls. My window, my bedroom popped out. It was, the, it was. I mean, down the block, the deaf neighbor, our deaf neighbor, she's 85 years old, she can't hear a thing. She came to yell at me that it was too loud. Can you imagine? That's how loud it was. It was gishmak. And I was sitting there, and I didn't know it, but my father has, seems has been knocking on my door. Finally, after about five minutes, my father had opened the door and he had come into me and he started talking to me. I mean, after sitting in the music for that loud, and my father's words were kind of like this. And I kept saying, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. And so my father went ahead and turned off the music and then he said to me, I said, I still can't hear you. And he came up to me right to my ear and he said, I need to talk to you. And I said, one second. And I took out my earplugs. You see, because I knew it was going to be loud. I didn't want it to be too hard for my ears, but it felt good, that vibrations, you know. And my father said that he didn't want me to turn on the music. And I said, please, I'll turn it on a little softer next time. I know that it was a little loud, but, you know, after, it's a Shekhyanu moment. You know, when you want to be Shekhyanu, you want to be the most Simchadik. My father said, that's a problem, that I'm not allowed to be Simchadik on, during Sphira, because I can't, I'm not allowed to turn on music. And I, I'm just wondering, why am I not, why am I not allowed to have simple during Sphere? Why, why can't I turn on music during Sphere? What's, what's wrong with it? Well, let me, let me explain to you the reason. Rebbe, Rebbe, can I? Sammy, you know why? Yes, I know why. The reason is because you're not allowed to be happy when others are sad. Oh, very good, Sammy. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. And, and the fact is that for Afi Komen, I... I, I asked for my father. I wanted an iPod for my Afi Komen. You know what my father got me for Afi Komen? He got me a sweater. Can you imagine? A sweater. It's going to be spring. And my father bought me a sweater for Afi Komen. Now, my father said the reason he bought me a sweater is because the last sweater that I had, I by mistake unraveled as I was trying to see what happens when you pull on different things. You know, the king of Portugal and everything like that and I, whatever. And I by mistake unraveled it. And my father said that, that I have to use my money for that. And so therefore, I'm sad about my Afi Komen present. For you to have happiness during Sphira, that's what everyone's getting the Afi Komen presents. So for you to have happiness when I'm sad... That's not MS. That's not nice. You have to be sad with your friends. You can't be happy. So that's why we don't play music during Sira. Boy, oh boy, Rebbe. Rebbe, that's, that's a good reason, I think. Not Fremel. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. I mean, after all, you're not allowed to get haircuts either. I know why that's true, too. Because some people enjoy getting haircuts. 
And some people are sad getting haircuts. So during Sefirah, we try to be We want to be like one person. So we can go to Matan Torah and get the Torah like That's what I once learned. And therefore, since some people like haircuts, some people don't like haircuts, we just don't take haircuts. It's called Shev Ve'al Shev That's right, Rabbi. Shev You just don't do anything. Sammy, you're a very smart guy and you have no, a lot of good ideas, but unfortunately they're all backwards. Afram, well, listen. If that were true, that that was why we're not doing it, I mean, then, then why would you not be allowed to have chasnas during Sphira? I know why you're not allowed to have chasnas, because you're supposed to be focused on the one chasnas that's important. What do you mean? Because, Rebbe, didn't Rebbe teach us last week that Matan Torah is a chasnas between Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or Klal Yisrael to the Torah, depends on how you look at it, and it's a chasnas of itself. It's a chasnas, so, so it, let me ask a question, Rebbe. If a person's getting married, can he get married twice? No. So if he gets married during Smira, then he's going to marry the Torah Mount Torah. Doesn't make sense. So you can't get married during Smira because you can have a chasm with the Torah later on by Mount Torah by by, by Shavuos. Whoa, Sammy, you mamish are a very smart boy. Baruch Hashem, Rabbi. Yes, I really was paying attention at the seder, and my father called. My father said I get to read the part that says Chacham Mahu Omer. So I'm really a wise guy. <laughs> you are a wise guy, but you're also very <laughs> wrong in your information. What, Rabbi? But no, no, Sammy. It doesn't make what you're saying is very nice. It's nice, poetic. It's like it sounds neat, but it's not true. It's not true. There's nothing whatsoever to do with that. Uh-uh. What? Listen. Who here knows? Raise your hand. Don't call out. Who here knows why we count the Omer? Yes, Moshe. Rabbi, we count the Omer because um, they do it in Shul. So I count the Omer because they do it in Shul. That's true. But why do they count the Omer in Shul, Sammy? Because the rabbi said they're supposed to? Yeah, but why did the rabbi say they're supposed to? Because he decided that it's a nice thing to do some counting. Maybe because accountants are doing a lot of accounting during April tax season and... Oh, Sammy, that's not why. That's not why. That's not why. I don't know. Maybe it's because they got stuck counting for a minion every time so they, they, they want to show they can count beyond 10. Oh, Sammy. No, that's not why. What are you, what are you coming up with? Crazy ideas. They're not crazy, they're just unusual, you never heard them. But I bet you if you looked in the Sefer, you'd find them. Most of the things that I usually say are found in the Sefer. Yeah, Sefer Divrei Shtus. What does that mean? I'm not going to explain it right now. But listen, Sammy, let's, let's just try to understand something. We count the Omer because... I know, I know! Maishi? I remembered. It's because we're counting to Matan Torah. Kind of. Actually, the Sefer Achinov says we count the Omer because we're counting towards Matan Torah. That's true. We're counting to build our excitement for Matan Torah. Just like Sammy, you said, it's a chasana, we're going to get the Torah. When you go to a chasana, you count to get the Torah, you count to get, you count to a chasana. A chasana or kala counts to the days. Just like kids in school. For example, you guys, let me ask you a question. How many of you here know how many days are left till summer vacation? Yes, Beryl? Uh, three. Three days? <laughs> oh, I'm taking early vacation this year. Beryl, you can't do that. Why not? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a free country. It's a free country, but you have to be in school for a certain amount of days. All right, fine. Anybody know how many days are out till vacation? Summer, summer vacation? 185. 185? We're almost from almost Pesach time. What are you talking about? 185. Yeah, but Rabbi, you see, the problem is that I missed a lot of school because I, I, I had a snow day where I... You had a snow day? What are you talking about? Well, what happened was that somebody in my family sneezed and they sneezed over a table full of papers and it flew all over, so we thought it was a snow day. Were you living in Sammy's house? Rabbi, I think that might be Rechilos. No, you're right, maybe that was. I'm sorry, Sammy. Do you forgive me? I'll think about it. Sammy! I, I mean, yes, Rabbi. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Yeah, so one second. Just let me figure something out here. So you're saying that... Uh, what? 
Anybody know how many days are really left for school? I do, Rabbi. Yes. Zalman? Uh, 71. Very good. It's about 71 days. It's about, about two months, right? If you think we're in, we're in the month of April, so you have May and June. Maybe it's a little less than 71 days. Maybe it's, maybe it's 60 days or something. All right, maybe it depends, depends what day, whether, I don't remember what day school exactly ends. The point is you count something chashev. But there's, there's another concept also. The Torah says, Usvartem lochem. Sammy, what do you want? Is that related to the frogs in Mitzrayim? What? Utsvartem lochem. You should have frogs during this time. Sifartem, from the word Samach Peresh, which means to count. You should count for yourselves seven complete weeks. Count Sphira. The mitzvah is to count Sphira. Counting Sphira has nothing to do with being sad. It has to do with being happy. Actually, Rebbe. Yes, Beryl? I'm sometimes sad when I count. Why is that? Because of my math tests, I count a lot and I usually get bad grades. Maybe you need to grow some more fingers and toes. I tried that already. You did? Um, kind of. I've been, I've been planting my fingernails and toenails in this in this my garden. I thought maybe it would grow, you know, but it didn't work. Gosh, what's going on today, Barrow? What are you talking about? I don't know. I was just talking about whatever Ruby was talking about. No, I, whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, I don't know. Something, something going, something going on. Sammy, what, is, what are you mean feeding everyone? Have you been sharing your snacks, Rabbi? Um, I don't think we're allowed to share snacks, but if Rabbi's giving permission, no, no, don't share your snacks. It could be worse. Worse? What do you mean, Rabbi? Um, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll explain to you later. How do I know what not to worry about if you don't tell me? Okay. All right, forget it. I can't forget something I didn't know. All right, how about I'll tell you after class? Okay, Rabbi. Very good. Okay, let's get back to our story here. Sphira is a myth from the Torah. Nothing to do with being sad. It's a matter of being happy. We're getting the terror. We're getting the mitzvahs. We're going to be so happy, excited. So happy and excited. However, uh, Maishi, sit down. I don't want you dancing and singing in class right now. Sit down. Thank you. The problem is like this. During the days of Sphira, a couple of terrible tragedies happened to the Jewish people. But one of them, the Gemara says, is the focus of the mourning of the sadness of Sphira. One of the tragedies that occurred in the time of Sphira makes us keep these days of Avelis. Before we go talk about what the tragedy was, let's remind ourselves. So during Sphira, we don't... Yes, Sammy? Brush our teeth? <laughs> Sammy, do you ever brush teeth? Uh, I usually do, but sometimes I get funny things growing on my teeth, and I'm cheshish, I'm, I'm, I'm machmer, it might be here, and if I brush my teeth, it might cut my hair, and... You're allowed to brush your teeth during Sphira. Really? Mm-hmm. You're allowed to. Oh, great. Don't tell my mother. <laughs> I will. Okay, so you're allowed to brush your teeth. What are you not allowed to do? Sammy kind of told us one of them, you're not allowed to cut your hair, you're not allowed to take haircuts. Yes, you can seal. What if, Revy, what if a person has a beard? Can you cut his beard? No. But what if my grandfather, this is a what if question, this is real. No, it's really true. My grandfather has a beard. A white and brown beard. Kind of more white than brown. Yeah, and, and what happened? And it's really growing very long. So you can't cut it, right? Mm-mm. Nope, can't cut it. But the problem is, it's a big problem. Why is it a big problem? Because he has a mustache, too. Most Jewish men have mustaches if they have beards. The only people who don't have mustaches with beards are Amish people. 
or people who can't grow mustaches. Speaking of Amish, Rabbi, Shlaimi, you have to be quiet. Don't, don't interrupt. So what's your, what's your question? So my question, Rabbi, is what happens to my grandfather's mustache? I don't know. What happens to it? Because sometimes I've seen my grandfather's mustache grow really, really long, like longer than his beard. And the result is that when he goes to eat soup, you ever seen a baleen whale? I'm sorry. You know, there's a whale that doesn't have teeth. What it does is it swims through the water and, oh, I know what you're talking about, and it, it eats the plankton, right? It eats the green little thingies in the water. That's right, and it filters it through its, te- through its like, thingies that hang down over here in the mouth. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, guess what? Well, my grandfather eats soup. It's kind of the same way. He's got a long mustache, and he takes the soup bowl, and, <laughs> and he filters everything through his mustache. It's kind of gross, actually. <laughs> so what is it? What in the world does this have anything to do with Sira? So my question, Rabbi, is, isn't that gross? Uh, yeah, it's gross. Okay, now what? But I don't really want to talk about Lashon about your grandfather. It's the week of Tazirim and Sarah. It's the very Lashon No, no, but my point is, is it permissible for my grandfather to cut his mustache during Sphira? If it's get it out of the food, yes, you're allowed to cut your mustache during Sphira. Good. Baruch Hashem. Why are you so nervous about it? Because he's coming over tonight for dinner. Um, but he's coming over tonight. Shabbos is going to be tonight. Yeah, that's why I'm really hoping I'm going to see him before Shabbos so he can cut his mustache. Otherwise, I'm going to have to, like, we are blindfolded. Yeah, I know. All right, anyway, yeah. Yes? So Sphira is a sad time. So you can't cut your hair. What else can't you do during Sphira? Yes, um, yes, Abramo? Uh, you can't listen to music. Very good. Now, really, listening to live music is what's really the main isser. Um, Rabbi. <laughs> yes, you can see What's dead music? <laughs> Really, loud music is a way we, we describe somebody playing an instrument versus a tape recorder or something like that. And today, we also prohibit, a lot of people prohibit using tapes and things like that. What's oh, another example? You can't get married. What? Zaman, were you planning to get married during Sphira? No, but... Right, so don't worry about it. A person is not supposed to get a chasm during Sphira. But my brother got engaged last night. <laughs> Mazel tov. That's very beautiful. So did he do it Avera? No, no, no. You're allowed to get engaged. You just can't have a chasana. Oh, good. Whew, that's close. What do you mean? Well, because my brother wanted to get married a lot, but Omer, and I thought he had to get married during Sphira or something, maybe. Okay, can't get married. What else can't you do during Sphira? Um, cut your toenails. You're allowed to cut your toenails during Sphira. Um, uh, what else? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so basically, those are the main restrictions of Sphira. Why would we have these restrictions? Because we're, we're living a little bit of mourning, a little bit of sadness. Sammy, do you know why we're being sad? I do, because my Afi Coleman present was rotten. No, that's not why. <laughs> We've been living like this for years and years and years, hundreds of years, thousands of years probably, not thousands, uh, about a thousand something years. Why do you think we've been doing this? I don't know. It's all because of Rabbi Akiva. Oh yeah, yeah, I had him as Rebbe too. Sammy, what are you talking about? You know Rebbe Akiva, the one in the camp over there that I go to in the summer, the Rebbe Akiva of the camp. Yeah, he's such a lousy... Oh, Sammy, it's Pasha Tazriyam Sarah. We don't speak Lashon Hara. Yeah, we're not going to get Saras anyway. I don't care if you're going to get Saras. You're not going to do a virus. No Lashon Hara. Yeah, big deal. I'm just talking. I know you're just talking. All it takes is one word. The kind says, Tame, you're talking, right? One word. It's all Tame. One word is so powerful. Don't say those kind of things. Rebbe Akiva was a great Rebbe. Yes, Zalman? I know a greater Rebbe than Rebbe Akiva. And who is that, Zalman? You, Rebbe. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zalman. You make me feel very good. But actually, Rebbe Akiva was a great Rebbe for many reasons. He was such a great Rebbe because he had such a knowledge of Torah. Yes, Moshe? 
just like Rebbe has a great knowledge of Torah, right, Rebbe? Yeah, Baruch Hashem. Okay, enough compliments, enough noise in the back over there. Please stop. Rabbi Akiva knew Torah so well that when Moshe Rabbeinu learned of Rabbi Akiva, when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu about Rabbi Akiva, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moshe Rabbeinu came up to Arsinai, Moshe Rabbeinu came up and I saw Hashem doing a very strange thing. Hashem was taking letters like a Zion, like a Nun, like a Tzadi, and the Gemara says Hashem was attaching to each of those letters a crown in the Torah. He was writing the Torahs in Shemayim, was written in fire, and Hashem was attaching a fiery crown to each of these letters. Shatnez Gatz is called. The letters Shatnez, Shintes, Nun, Sadi, Gatz, Gimel, Sadi, Sufi. And Moshe Rina said, what is, what is Hashem doing, Tying, What's going on here? And, and, Moshe, and Hashem said to Moshe, there's going to be a great rabbi. His name is Rabbi Akiva, and he's going to take these letters with the crowns and use these crowns to learn many halachos. He's going to make tremendous amounts of Torah from these crowns written on these letters. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, you have such a holy rabbi, such a knowledgeable person who knows Torah so well. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to be in the world. And you picked me for Matan Torah, Moshe said to Hashem? You picked me to give the Torah? You're going to have a rabbi who can learn all those different things from these crowns. I can't do that, Moshe said to Hashem. And you have a rabbi who could without you giving it to him on Harsinai. He should be the person you give the Torah through. Not through me. What is, what's going on here, Hashem? And Hashem said to Moshe, this is the way I want things. This is Rabbi Akiva. And this Rabbi Akiva was a super duper big tzaddik Rabbi. Rabbi Akiva is very famous for one statement. Om Rabbi Akiva, Om Rabbi Akiva, Ashrechem Yisrael. You're fortunate. Ashrechem, Ashrechem, Ashrechem Yisrael. You know why you're fortunate? Lifnei mi mitar Who makes you holy, Yedin? Avichem Shabbat Now this great Rabbi Akiva, he had a big, massive yeshiva. He had lots of students. I don't know what the building size was. I do, Rabbi. How do you know, Sammy, how big the building was? Well, if he had a lot of students, the building must have been massive too. So it was a massive building. Thanks, that much we knew. See, Rabbi, I knew it also. Great. Baruch Hashem. He had a massive yeshiva. He had 24,000 Talmidim. 24,000 Talmidim. Can you imagine how many Talmidim that is? Yes, Zalman. Rabbi, he had 24,000 Talmidim? That's right. 24,000 students. Yes, Sammy. I'm trying to imagine how many that is. I'm having trouble. C- could you help me? Yeah. Like this. If you have a box of Mike and Ikes, a box of Mike and Ikes has how much? 83. There's about 83 Mike and Ikes in here. If you have 10 boxes of Mike and Ikes, you have 830 Mike and Ikes. If you have 100 boxes of Mike and Ikes, you have 8,030 Mike and Ikes. 8,300 Mike and Ikes. If you have 200 boxes of Mike and Ikes, you have 16,000 something, something, something. And if you have 300 boxes of Mike and Ikes, you have around 24,000 something, something Mike and Ikes. How many Mike and Ikes boxes? 300 boxes of Mike and Ikes? That's the size of a Mike and Ike. Now turn that into people. Those are a lot of people. Yes, Sammy? Did Rabbi Akiva give out Mike and Ikes in his Shiva? So how did you know that there was a par- I just was coming up with a comparison. But it doesn't matter. The point is, tremendous amounts of Talmidim. 
There were many thousands of Talmidim. And they learned Pechab Rusa together. One Gemara says 12,000, one Gemara says 24,000. But it really was, 25, uh, the way we understand it, it's 24,000 with, with 12,000 Pechab Rusa shafts. 24,000 Talmidim. The yeshiva of Lakewood doesn't have 24,000 students today. The whole, all the different Batei Midrashas. 24,000 people is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Now, these 24,000 people, can you imagine how much Torah they were able to learn? Let me ask you. Maishala, how much Torah do you think you can learn in your lifetime? Uh, Rabbi, um, a lot? Good. Now, imagine if you were one of the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva. Can you imagine how much you'd be able to learn then, Maishala? A lot, a lot, a lot? Very good. Now, if you take a lot, a lot, a lot, and you multiply 20 by 24,000, can you imagine how much Torah learning was going on? Tremendous, tremendous Torah learning. 24,000 Talmidim. And guess what happened, Talmidim, to those 24,000 Talmidim? And guess what happened to those 24,000 Talmidim? What do you say, you Yukusil? You know what happened to them? I just have a question. Okay. Did Rabbi Akiva have a dormitory? I mean, that's a pretty big dormitory. 24,000 people sleeping in the dorm? I mean, that's a lot of beds. Nope. I don't think Rabbi Akiva had a dormitory. And, yes, Yukusil, did Rabbi Akiva have, give lunch to his Talmidim? Or breakfast or supper? Probably not. They probably went home for breakfast, lunch, and supper. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, 24,000 Talmidim, what happened? Yes, Sammy. I'm just wondering, um, 24,000 Talmidim is a lot of Talmidim, right? That's right. I'm just wondering, if Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 Talmidim, how many Talmidim did his Talmidim have? Good question! It is? None. That's exactly the problem. It is? That's right, Sammy. But can I ask another question first? Okay, well, you know, we're getting late. It's getting late. We have to do Parsha still. Okay, but Rabbi, just one more question, please. Does Rabbi know the names of all 24,000 Talmidim? No. Really? Does Rabbi know the name of... 20 of the 24,000? No. 12? No. 10? No. 1 of the Rebbe Akiva's Talmidim? Of the 24,000? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Rebbe Akiva's Talmidim had a very sad thing happen to them. Very sad. I know, Rebbe. Yes, Avramo. They all were told by their father to turn off their music. No. I know. Yes, Sammy. I know why we don't shave our, we don't get haircuts and we don't get married. Because the 24,000 students on Talmidim, they all went to get haircuts on the day before they got married during Svira. And the barber cut their hair and cut off their payas. And because it was a terrible thing and so sad, they were so sad the payas were cut off, they didn't get married because they were too sad. And therefore we don't get haircuts and don't get married during Svira. And we don't listen to music because the barber had a, music, a musician playing in the background while he gave haircuts. <laughs> you, Mamish Sammy, are a genius. I know, I know. Isn't it cool? It's very cool that you're a genius. But you also have the greatest Boba Mises from the Sefer Shtus that I've ever heard in my entire life. I know, Rebbe, Rebbe, could I please see the Sefer? You told me this somebody yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before when we learned Chumash and everything about my Sefer Shtus. Can I see the Sefer already? <sighs> Amir Tashem, speak to me after class. Really, really? You have it with you? Um, actually, kind of, it's in the classroom. It is? Safer Shtus? Where, where is it? Uh, after class, after class. Okay. 
Listen. Anyway, the point is that's not what happened. That's 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 not what happened. What happened was like this. The twenty-four thousand Tamidim Rabbi Akiva, they all began to die from the time of between after Pesach. They started to die from a plague, from a disease, from an illness. They randomly died. Yes, Avramo? Rabbi, how many Tamidim died? Twenty-four thousand. Yes, Zalman? Uh, Rabbi, I, I, maybe my ears were a little clogged. I, I'm not sure that if I heard correctly. Did Rabbi, did Rabbi say that 24 died? No, 24,000. Yeah, yes, Mendel? Uh, Rabbi, uh, I, I'm, I'm just not clear if Rabbi really meant what he said. Uh, Rabbi said that 24,000 of his Talmudim died? Um, yes. I didn't know Rabbi had 24,000 Talmudim. No, no, Mendel, not my Talmudim. Baruch Hashem, because I'm one of Rabbi's Talmudim. And, yes, Mendel, you're safe, Mendel, don't worry. No, Rabbi Akiva's Talmudim, 24,000 died. Yes, Beryl? I'm just wondering, Rabbi, 24,000 Talmudim is a lot of Talmudim to die. I'm just wondering, where'd they bury them all? That's a good question. I, I don't know that. Rabbi doesn't know? Could Rabbi look it up in a safer? Uh, not really. I, I don't know where to look it up. Uh, Rabbi, Rabbi, my safer! Yeah, in the safer stuff! Uh, uh, that's true. I, I think I know where they buried them. Uh, and where was that? They took them out in a big, gigantic boat, and they buried them at sea. No, I doubt that. <laughs> Why would you say that anyway? Well, because we all know that Rabbi Akiva traveled a lot on boats. The Mishnahis have his name a lot traveling on boats. So probably his whole yeshiva was a, a, like took trips together, like they took field trips on boats and stuff. And they probably, you know, Sammy, we're in a rush, okay? Okay, but, but maybe check my safer. Maybe my safer says it. Uh, we'll check it later, okay? They all died. 24,000 Talmidim. 24,000. Can you imagine what that is? That's like a whole city that was vibrant, that was exciting, and bustling. And then comes along, comes this plague, and it's a ghost town. Nobody's left. You open the doors to the base of Medrash, they used to have screaming shouts of Torah. Rabbi didn't say that! What? Is that what the Mishnah said? You think that's what the Mishnah said? Yeah, I think that's what the Mishnah said. How can you think that's what the Mishnah said? This is the Mishnah. We're learning a Parisa. Oh, it is. I didn't notice. Right? <laughs> so, there was an arguing with her. And now you open those doors and you're met with silence. Sammy, hold your question. But I, I didn't know silence could talk. No, sh- sh- Imagine. Incredible. Devastating. 24,000 Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva died. So, so sad. And because of this... We have Avelos, we remember 24,000 Torah giants died. There was nothing left. Rebbe. Yes, Beryl, don't cry. But Rebbe, but Rebbe, if, if all of them even died, then how do we know any Torah anymore? A good question. Rebbe Akiva picked five more Talmidim, and he taught them Torah. And they became the foundation of everything in Torah we know today, basically. Basically, Mishnayis, Brises, Tosefta, Sefri, Sefra, is from these five Talmudim. But Rabbi, yes, Beryl. But imagine if those twenty-four thousand had lived. Imagine how much Torah we would have known if this is from five. What we know. Imagine what we'd known if it was twenty-four thousand. Beryl, you're right. That's part of what we're sad about. We're not just sad that they died. We're not sad they died, Rabbi. I didn't say that, Sammy. I said that part of what we're sad about is not just the fact that they died. We're sad about all the Torah that they lost by dying. We lost so much Torah knowledge from when they died. We're so sad. So we act like people who are mourning are sad for people who died. We don't take haircuts. 
we don't shave, we don't listen to music. Yes, Zalman. But Rabbi, I don't get it. Yeah, what's the problem? Why did they die? Excellent question. Rabbi, I know why they died. Sammy, I, no, but really, I do, I do, I do. Because you see, there was a disease in the water, something maybe like, like you know, some, some bacteria, and they drank the water, and they all got sick, and they caught diseases from each other, and they died. I don't think Zalman meant that. Oh, Zalman, you didn't mean that? I think Zalman meant, what's the reason that Hashem made them die? Meaning, however they died, what exactly plague, what exactly the plague was, we don't really care. That's not important to us right now. What's important to us is, why did Hashem let 24,000 Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva die? What, 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 how could such great significance all just die like that? The Gemara says that the reason, listen carefully to this incredibly important reason, the reason why the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva died is, Al Shelonohagu Kavod Zelozeh. Because they didn't show respect one to the other. For example, Oh, Rabbi, I know. Yes, Moshallah. I know what that means. Moshallah, one second. I want to tell Rabbi something first. Sammy, that's exactly an example of not showing respect. I know, but listen, mine's really important. Avram, what, what, do, what do you think it means? It means that they, they didn't show respect to each other. That's good, very good. But I don't understand, Rabbi. Yes, Beryl, you can stop crying again. But it doesn't make sense. The Talmud means about Rabbi Akiva. <laughs> You're right, that's a good question. Could you take some tissues and then sit down? Thanks. The Tamilim of Rabbi Akiva. You're right, that's an excellent question. They're so holy, they're so special. Can you imagine, imagine if the greatest person on earth, the greatest tzaddik on earth, had Talmidim, who didn't keep Torah mitzvahs. Doesn't make sense, right? So you have Rabbi Akiva, the greatest tzaddik, and his Talmidim aren't nice to each other. You know, they went probably when they... Um, Yes, Sammy? I know what happened. When they went to play football together, they didn't let everyone play. Kids who weren't good at football, they didn't let them join the game. And we watched a video about that, that you're... Sammy, Sammy. Rabbi Akiva's Talmudim did not play football. Okay, hockey. When they played... No, they didn't play hockey either. Baseball? They didn't play baseball. What did they do during recess? I don't think they quite had recess. No recess? That's Sar Balei Chaim. That's like... That's like... It's like terrible. I once heard Shmuel Kamenetsky say recess is not giving students recess is like it's like it's like it's like it's like one of the biggest averages you can do as a Rebbe. <laughs> Sammy, I'm still not gonna give you recess today. But Rebbe, they didn't have recess. And it doesn't matter. That's not the problem. It wasn't the fact that they didn't that they didn't give each other listen to each other during recess. Farsham explained there's different explanations, but one explanation is like this. That when they were sitting and learning together, are you listening? When they were sitting and learning together, there were two people sitting and learning. Let's pretend one's name was Shmerel. Rabbi, please don't say Beryl. Okay, fine, I won't say Beryl. One's name was Shmerel and one's name was Zerel. You have Shmerel and Zerel. And they were sitting and learning a Mishnah together. And Shmerel would say to Zerel, he would say, Zerel, I have a shot in the Mishnah to explain why the Mishnah writes it like this. Why does the Mishnah start with a mem? And he said a whole shot. And Zmeril says, Well, that's an interesting shot, but my shot's better. I have a better shot. And Zmeril would say his shot. And Shmeril and Zmeril were learning together, but they weren't really listening to each other. What were they listening to? Themselves. themselves. 
they were not knowing kavod zevazet doesn't mean they didn't show respect to each other. They were nice to each other. But when the other one came into the room and wanted to talk and learning, one of them was sitting down. He didn't stand up for his friend. He didn't give chashivus to his friend's Torah like he gave chashivus to his own Torah. He was a little teeny bit, a teeny, tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny bit selfish in his Torah, in his personality. And, Sammy, that selfishness made it that in Shemaim there was a tine on them. Rabbi! Yes, Yikusil? That's not fair. So we're sad because they were mean to each other? But don't you understand of the loss of Torah for Kabbalah Yisrael? But it's more than that. It's meant to tell us that when it comes to learning Torah, to really learn Torah and become the best we can in serving Hashem, we have to work on our midos. We have to work on being behaving well with our friends, being nice to our friends, being nice to our parents, being nice to our rebbeim. Rabbi, aren't we always nice to you? Sammy, you're very nice to me. See, I told you. I know, I know. But you have to be very, very nice to your friends, to your rebbeim, to your parents. You have to have good midos. And that's part of what Sphere is all about. We act with Avelus because we're sad for what happened, for the terrible tragedy of Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim. But we're also focused. We don't want to be distracted from the seriousness of becoming better people and becoming closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and learning Torah. So therefore, Talmidim is very important that during the days of Sira, especially, especially during the days of Sira, it's very important that we work really, really hard to be knowing to each other kavod, and then if we do that properly, we'll be Zoha to have a Mitzhashem Asira with full of Simcha. Now we understand why we don't listen to music, why we don't take haircuts and everything else at Sphira. Yes, Sammy? But Rabbi, I still have a little question. Just a little bit of a question. Yes. I was thinking perhaps that maybe what it means when it says that they didn't give each other honor, maybe it means that they had dinners like, you know, like yeshivas have dinners and they honor people. Maybe they didn't honor people during dinners. Maybe they just had dinners and they didn't honor anybody else or maybe something like that. They, they made their dinners and they just didn't honor anybody or something. Maybe that's what it means. Okay, I appreciate your thoughts, Sammy. And that's probably also written in Sefer Shtus. Really? Baruch Hashem. I'm mamish. Mamish. I want to go home today with the Sefer because I want to show my parents what, what beautiful Sefer I, I'm, I'm always quoting. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it. Um, anyway, so Mr. Hashem, when you go home tonight and you're going to be at your, your Shabbos Suda, be kavayd, respect other people at your table. But Rabbi, why do I have to... Sammy, but why do I have to respect them? They're not in my class. They're not your Talmidim. So like Chaim, I have to be nice to Chaim. I have to respect him. Why should I have to respect him? He's a little... Don't say it, Sammy. You have to respect him because he's a Yid. And it's not just the Talmidim. It happens to be there were a group of Talmidim. But everyone, we have to be Kishachar Belevechad. And that's what I said before. I know, I know. Kishachar Belevechad. We have to be like one unit to serve Hashem, to learn the Torah, to be, for Torah to come out properly. You have to have that. And therefore, if you go home and you're mean to your brother Chaim, then you're not doing that. What if he's mean to me? That would be Lashon Hara. No, no, it's not Lashon Hara if he's mean to me. It's Lashon Hara if I tell you. Right, that's what I mean. Right, that's what I'm saying. He's being mean to me. Sam, you're getting me all confused. Right, so what should I do if he's mean to me? Should, should I tell Rabbi that he's mean to me? No, no. You know what? I'll tell you what. Why don't you tell Chaim to come speak to me? When you go out of class to pack up, tell Chaim to come speak to me. Okay, Rabbi. And so it was. The Rabbi dismissed the class. Sammy did not get to see Sefer Ashdos. And about four minutes after class was dismissed, Chaim was knocking on the Rabbi's classroom door. 
Rebbe, I'm sorry to bother Rebbe, I know it's Erev Shabbos and Rebbe's trying to rush out, but Sammy said that Rebbe wanted to talk to me. Um, Sammy's nervous, and then there was another knock on the door. Oh, Yisachar. Hi, Rebbe. My, my brother Avramel told me you wanted to talk to me. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Come on in. And so basically what happened was in class today, yes, Amela, come in. Yeah. Um, my, my, my brother Beryl, oh, come, come on in, come on in. And, yes. Oh, nothing. How are you? Um, my brother Yekusiel, come on in. Uh, oh my goodness. We're, Rabbi, the whole class is coming. The, the other classes are all coming. Um, thank you. Take a seat. 50 kids in this room. Boy, oh boy. Nice to see you. A good Nerev Shabbos. A good Nerev Shabbos, Rabbi. Uh, I understand you're all here because your brother sent you. Yes. All right. Looks like I have half the school here. Listen, um, what's going on? Uh, well, like basically like this. We learned in class today about being Nei Kavad and I spoke to the Talmidim about having proper Derech at the table and being Nei Kavad with each other because of every Kivas Talmidim were Nei Kavad in spheres about working on Midas Tevis and Benalad L'Chavero. So um, they were nervous that they'll be Nei Kavad to you, but you wouldn't be Nei Kavad to them. They were nervous. So I suggested, and that's not Rechilis, because I'm talking about a practical matter. They suggested that I speak to you I mean, I thought it was Chaim, but I guess it's everyone. They suggest I speak to you to clarify that everyone should be Nei Kavit today at the Suda. Rabbi, yes, Chaim. If I'm Nei Kavit to Sammy today at the Suda, how about tomorrow? Uh, I, it's Sarah Harris, it's proper. But, Rabbi, Sammy is so annoying. It's not really polite to speak about that. But he really is. No, but you can't say that. No, but what should I do? You know what? We can talk privately about that. Oh, but my brother Yekusiel is really annoying too. Uh, that's fine. But you know what? We can talk about it. No, it's really true, Rabbi. My brother Zalman, he's like, he's like, oh my goodness, he's, he like sleeps on my bed. And so, you know, I got an idea. Maybe that's part of being naked covered. Part of showing respect for, for somebody, especially if they're younger for you, is, you know what, realizing that they're younger than you. And being mevater and being nice to them. And not, just because they're bothering you, not to yell at them, not to beat them up. That's part of your avayda during Sphira. Oh boy, Rabbi, that's a tough job. But Amir Hashem, then you can be like the five Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva who are Marbet's Terrell Rabbin. All right. I hope so, Rabbi, because, because Rabbi, Rabbi heard the news, right? No, what's the news? They hired a new Rabbi for, for next year. They did? Yeah, and his name is Rabbi Akiva. It is? Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a, you know, one from the guy from the Kail. Wow. Well, a lot of us are going to be in his class, and we're kind of hoping that uh, we're from the five Talmidim, not the 24,000, if you get my drift. I do. All right. Zymergsen, have a good job.